Hi, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, the king of co-op, Steve Kingsley, and his special guest are going to review a game for you and have a related discussion. And without further ado, here's Steve! Okay, welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. It's Steve, here Kim. Hi, everybody. We're here to do a review. Yes. It's been a little bit of time. I'm excited to do another review with you. This today we're gonna review of Marvel United X-Men, not just the core set, but all of season two, as we can have a chance to play through a bunch of the tough content. Yeah, that is very true. So clarification, we haven't played through everything yet because let's be real, there's a ton, a ton of content. No. And I literally stopped in work day about fifteen minutes ago. So I am just trying to switch gears and we'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> so here we are. So we're doing this live. If you're joining us live on YouTube, welcome. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, drop them in the section below. Mm-hmm. We'll be answering them. But we, yeah, we're gonna dive into a top five review of Marvel United X-Men. Okay, but before we do that, let's talk about the game itself if you haven't heard about this game. So Marvel United X-Men is a fully cooperative, though the new content does make it competitive potentially as well. So we'll get to that in a second. But it's generally a, co- a cooperative board game where you're playing as Marvel heroes and the goal is to take out the big bad guy, which is honestly like every Marvel superhero game out there. <laughs> Beat the baddie, win Beat the, baddie. the game, right. save the world. Exactly. So how this game goes about that goal is you'll be playing through a deck of 12 cards and the cards you'll be playing have action icons on the bottom. There are th- three basic action icons you can do. A movement, heroic action, and a punch. There's also a wild, which could be any of those three. So it's kind of a fourth in there as well. And you'll be doing the actions on your card, plus the action icons on the card previous to your the card you played. Mm-hmm. So in this game, turn order definitely matters. So for example, Kim played her card. She did a move and a punch. And I played my card, and I have two heroic actions. On my turn, I'll do the move, punch, and two heroic actions during my turn. And you can do this in any order you want. And punches are used for taking out henchmen or the bad guy. Heroic actions are used for rescuing civilians or completing threats usually. And movement is moving around the board. In this case, you have a circular board, which you move around uh, either clockwise or counterclockwise. And the locations can be random or you can set up however you want. And the goal is you need to complete two missions. There are three missions possible. You can clear threats, which each enemy is going to have a different threat card. You can rescue civilians, or you can defeat thugs. And civilians and thugs will be populating the boards. And if they get overpopulated, they'll trigger bad effects, which we don't happen. That's right. <laughs> but that is mechanically what's happening in the game. There is a lot of modularity in this. You can mix and match whatever heroes you want, whatever villains you want, and the game's going to change drastically. You could, like you said, even mix around the player board. Mm-hmm. There are some scenarios that says you have to have certain things in there, right? That's correct. But for the most part, you really just set up however you want. That's right. That's right. So. Yeah, so there's a lot of content on it. This is, we're talking about the second season, which is focused on the X-Men. We do have the first season, which we covered previously on this channel, which was more Avengers focus and just general Marvel focus. But we'll be talking about the season two today, and I'm sure we'll be comparing season two to season one in a future content video. So we'll be a lot to look at for that. Okay. Let's okay. get into it. Let's get into it. Top five. Okay. So it's your first time joining us. Welcome. We are going to be doing a top five format. And so what that means is we'll be going through the five things that we think are most important to know about this game, starting with number five and moving all the way up to number one. 
And along the way, we're saying if there are pros or cons for us as we go. So that is what we're going to do. Pretty, pretty straightforward. And at the end, we'll share our final thoughts of the game. Now, we're going to approach things a little bit differently. We're trying a different format with reviews. Not only are we going to do the top five review today, but maybe like a month or two months uh, later, we're going to return to this game and do a look-back review, which when we look back at if our thoughts or opinions change since we continue to play the game, since at that point we'll play more of the content and see if we agree or disagree with any points you made. In addition to that, we'll get into some other finer details that we not get to during this review. I'm going to worry about that later. Yes, worry about that later, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. So starting with our number five thing you need to know about this game. So this is going to be a pro, and that is going to be the fast playtime on this one. And this game is awesome because I can set up and play a game, and it probably takes me 30 minutes. <laughs> Sometimes it can go longer if you if you think about things a lot. It can. But because you have a set hand of 12 cards, mm -hmm. and you play a card each turn, mm -hmm. for the most part, I think. Yeah, every, every turn yeah. you play a card, yeah. Um, when your deck runs out, it's game over. That's right. So it's like you can't go on forever. You have to plan accordingly and and make your move quickly, which is funny because, again, one of the last games we played, we were getting down to the wire, and I was so sure it was, that was fabulous. But, yeah, it's a set quick game, which I really, really enjoy. So it's not something that it's – I know it's not going to go to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning if we started at a decent hour. So right. it's nice. And I, I think you mentioned something else that would be good to bring up is because you have these 12 cards – and the villain has its own 12 cards it plays through, the game doesn't take very long for either of those uh, those decks to get through. And basically one of the loss conditions is if he, uh, any player needs to play a card and they don't have any cards left, you lose the game. Or likewise, if the villain needs to play a card and they cannot, they win the game, right? Yeah, so essentially if any deck runs out, game over for the heroes. That's exactly right. But still in the same token, it's nice that it... I think the... The shorter playtime, at least to me, makes it feel like a lighter game. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's not a whole lot of brain power in this game. Although I say that with an asterisk because it can get pretty intricate in terms of how you're planning and your tactics that you're taking. Yes. Um, but it's, it's not like you're saying, Ryan, it's not sword and sorcery yeah, length or anything like that. Not your dungeon trouble, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and the other aspect of that, smaller decks is you have less it wants to at least that's my assumption is you have a lot of close games i think that's because the decks are so small you have you don't have a lot of room to go off to have one player go off and grow crazy power the other side grow crazy power it, it tends to be a pretty no. tight game yeah it's not really like there's some now that they have like the training cards and stuff that from yeah. the x-men set which we'll talk about you can kind of level up your character Mm -hmm. in a sense but it's not a role-playing game by any means well i just mean that you you don't uh you don't literally have runaway games in this one i would say games oh, yeah. are normally pretty tight because the 12 card limit goes by pretty quick so and yeah. yes ryan i agree that it's really the perfect length for what kind of game it is mm -hmm. it doesn't overstay its welcome that is exactly right so that's number five yeah. big, big pro yeah and like it knows what it is it's not trying to be anything else that's or, right yeah it, that's right. it's very it's a smart smart wisely put together <laughs> <laughs> excellent okay excellent yes so that is our number five a pro so let's move on to the next one to talk about 
number four. So number four, it's also gonna be pro in this case, and that is gonna be the challenges. So what do we mean by challenges in this game? The Marvel United has a core method of playing the game. And I explained that earlier and how it works, but you can, a lot of the expansions or content adds these modules called challenges, which you can add to the game. And these modules you can literally add to any game you want. So you can add, if you really wanted to, you could literally play with all the challenges at one time. I would not recommend because you're not going to loot. I mean, you're not going to win. <laughs> but so wait, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> no, we haven't done that yet. There's yeah, you would. There's no chance to win the game. Trust okay. me. But it, it adds a lot of variety to the game, and it makes it so that you can pull your own levers to make the game exactly what you want it to be. And in X Men, the second season, they added uh, four challenges to the game. There was the Sentinel challenge. So you can choose to play with one uh, additional Sentinel who's moving around the board and he is mimicking the the actions the players do, which is mm -hmm. really engaging. Um, absolutely love this challenge because it adds a interesting cognitive puzzle on top of the already puzzle And they're there. kind of like mini bosses. Yeah. Also. Exactly. So it's like you have your minions or your, your henchmen guys, villains. Your henchmen, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then like your Sentinels, your mini boss, and then your super boss. Exactly. So... Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're a blast. I'm big, big fan of this one. There's also the Takeover Challenge, which was introduced in Fantastic Four. And this one, I like what it does as well, because this one is the... Um, Sorry, finish your thought. <laughs> this one is... It, it answers the question of the overflow. So in the game, you can have... If you run out of room of tokens on a location, um, you trigger the overflow effect. And sometimes, depending on what, what bag are you playing against, uh, that may have a big effect that may not have much of an effect. In some cases, be like, oh, you know what, I don't care if this overflows, no big deal. We can have six counters on that spot and nothing bad's going to happen. Now, Takeover changes that completely because for every overflow you have, you will take one of those tokens and put it on this overflow card. And if the overflow card ever gets filled up, you lose the game. So now you have this other buffer, which can now trigger the end game. Actually, I really like that, being able to add that additional form of tension where you can't just let a location go, go off, out, out, out of control without uh, ramifications. Mm -hmm. uh, also added hazardous locations. So these are locations which, if you end your turn at a spot, you will, you will get a good effect generally. But a hazardous location, it is a requirement to do and is always a bad effect. Mm -hmm. So now it's interesting because... There might be a threat card on there that you really want to clear because of the scenario. Well, now you might now it changes this value proposition. Do you really want to take that out? Do you want to maybe leave that bad thing there because you don't want to have that revealed hazardous location? Do you want to be able to? Can you skip across that location? Don't end your turn there. There's a lot of interesting decisions that come out of that one. Yeah. So, like an example on that one's Doctor Doom's spot. Latveria. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. like if you land there. And you end your turn there, and there's like doom bots there or something, and you just get hit really hard. That's right. Um, so like you're saying, when we were playing, it's I was just avoiding that spot <laughs> at all cost. Yeah, Apocalypse is pyramid. He actually pr protects the villains. So the villains are there; they take less damage, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And that is one that is outside of the end of turn effect. That is always in play, which is really really cool. Yeah. And then the last one, which I think is my favorite, I think is your favorite too, is the danger room challenge. Now this is the challenge, the only challenge that makes the game easier. So now what you can have is you can add a, a danger room on the bottom of one of your locations and it adds an additional end of turn effect. So you can do the normal end of turn effect of the location or you can do the end of turn effect of the danger room which says uh, draw a training card. 
Yeah. And a training. I, go ahead. I think it's weird that it's called. They call this one of the challenges because it, it's giving you an, a card. Yeah. But yeah, it's helpful. It is a helpful card. And this training card is one of two things: it's either a one-time effect or a permanent effect. And it'll say on there if it's a discard or a permanent effect. The discards are, it's always good. It might be like, hey, draw two cards and put one card back in the bottom so it lets you heal a little bit and, you know, uh, customize your deck, or not customize your deck, but um, manipulate your deck a little bit so you get the cards you want on top. Um, or it could be a permanent effect, which could be something as simple as, hey, when you attack a villain, you do one extra damage, for example. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. But, you know, Ryan's latest comment here, um, seeing how we could handle all the challenges, I am actually intrigued by that, and I think we should do it. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. Okay. It'll so, be a quick game, but Sentinels, we'll do it. <laughs> takeover, hazardous location, and danger room. Plus Maybe, the other ones. Which one? The season what? one challenges. We'll do it. I'll, well, I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, see, see, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway. But yeah, so danger room is awesome. We've been playing with that. That's been a constant since we got it. That is the one challenge we're going to probably always play with. It doesn't make the game easier, but it makes it interesting because you get to level up. and it, But it doesn't feel overpower because you have to clear it and you have to end your turn there so you only get a couple cards and if you get knocked out you lose all those powers as well so i think it's i think it's a really fun addition to it yeah. but yeah number four challenges big pro it's okay ryan it's a good idea we're gonna try it he likes <laughs> to make everything more challenging anyway <laughs> oh there's another one i did forget uh the deadpool one sorry i forgot about the dead, right. deadpool one i have not um been exposed to the deadpool portion of the x-men mm-hmm. pack you have i have you played with it and um with our son yep yeah with caleb the deadpool one is random chaos is what it is so if you land on deadpool there if it's the villain or heroes you will draw a card from deadpool chaos deck and it will move him around that piece plain piece around and it will be literally a random thing it could be as simple as nothing happens it could be as something as like Hey, all the dog and cat owners get a token. If you don't have a, a animal pet, do you take a wound or something? Yeah, and I know when we were looking at backing this or getting this whole set, um, the Deadpool one was like, eh, because it's it's so it's kind of out there and it's yeah. not really our thing. Yeah. And um, again, I haven't played it, but I also don't have interest in doing random things like that. Yeah, that was so. This was a pro, except for the Deadpool challenge one. I did not like the chaos in it. I felt like it took away from the puzzling nature of the game. Um, my son liked it, so... But, yeah. he, but he likes yeah. silly stuff, so... I, I did you think, like, thematically it still kind of fit, you know, breaking the fourth wall and all that? It or? did, it did. I just... I don't want that in my, my Marvel United game. I don't, it comes, yeah. it comes down to it, so... Because it kind of, like, takes you out of the game itself. Yeah. And that's not what you're I like for. I like the tight puzzle, and I think it's challenging enough without some random element... That makes no sense. That doesn't really help or helps or hurt. Who knows okay. it could be, so, yeah. That's... So that's the minor negative to the challenges there. That's the one I don't like. Okay. Okay. Moving on to number three. So not only are these challenges, oh, there are more, there's more challenges to do in there and really enjoyed them. Uh, but the the difficulty of the game also increased. I felt like it's a lot harder. So this could be a pro con depending on what you want in the game, but for me, this was a pro. Of course. I to be fair, I don't really care if I win or lose, but I do like a good challenge, as you know. I like the household games that make them harder, generally. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to put up with that. I know, because you can walk away from losing a game and still be like, oh, that was perfect. And like, yeah, okay, I can sometimes, but I also like to win. And if you make it impossible, I'm not going to want to play all the time. Yep. So. so 
I don't know what it is, but I do feel like the game's difficulty has increased. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if my thoughts still re- remain that way when comparing to season one, as we you know play the game over the next couple months or so. Uh, but it's gone. So it's as difficult enough where in season one, my recommendation was to play with one of the challenge modes, which you remove the double wild card from all the heroes decks. So there's two cards in every heroes deck. There's a single wild card and then a double wild card in every deck. And you could remove one or both of those from a deck to make it more challenging. And I always rec- recommend re- re- removing the double wild. Except for now. Except for now. You put them back in the game. <laughs> they are back in the game in this set and the previous set. It was just getting too challenging. And there's other cards that require wild specifically to utilize, which I thought was a really cool addition to the game. So long story short, because of the difficulty in those other additions, I decided to add them back in. So yeah, this is, don't be fooled. This is a light game. It looks simple. It is just simple as rules. It is simple in the sense that rule set, it's not hard oh, to yeah. comprehend. Yeah. Again, we play with our young son. He gets it totally fine. Like the character special abilities, I think, have also increased in a little complexity as they have come out. Um, so you get like uh, four special cards or whatever it is, but they mm-hmm. all have some sort of special ability. And I do think those have ramped up. Um but again, they're not hard to really comprehend. No, it's just difficulty in the being able to win. We lose a lot in this game. <laughs> so Maybe. even with the easier setting. We do. Speaking of which, I think we'll just move on to our next one. Number two, because you already mentioned it. What did I say? Design space is what I want to call it. Oh, okay. Because they have taken the the core gameplay in Marvel United Season 1 and if pushed the boundaries of what the system has done. And so the like you said the, the the all the heroes now have a fourth power. So in the first season they only had minimum of three special abilities on their cards. Now you have four special abilities on the card, but they also added a ton of cards that have starting hands um starting hand cards. So cards that when you shuffle up the deck, you always put this on top of the deck so it'll always be in your starting hand. This one power and generally those powers say, as long as this card is face up in the storyline, you will have this passive effect um, or ongoing effect that will happen. And these do feel very thematic and they add a lot to the game in my experience. Yeah. Well, in addition to, I think you have more um, like player collaboration or you can impact other players more beyond just giving them and planning ahead in terms of what symbols you're playing. Mm-hmm. You have like the Fantastic Four cards that have things that specifically say if you're playing with other Fantastic Four characters, you're going to boost each other up. And I don't think that's really in season one as much, unless no. I'm forgetting stuff. Okay. No. So yeah, they they really taken the the design space they had it seemed to define, and they, that boundary is pushed out. Like there is a another example: the villain uh, Spiral in the game. She has a completely different board where you have to break her spell. So you have to, instead of doing the normal three missions, you have to complete, you have to uh, rescue a civilian, take out a thug, or maybe two thugs, and then clear a threat. And it has to be in that order. And, t- and you put these tokens on this track, and once the track is completed, then you can finally attack, attack her and maybe try to win the game. And that is, like, there's no other other character in the game that has a separate board like that in there. Mm-hmm. It's just so very, very different on how it plays out. That design space is... is is extreme and not only that there's a lot of characters that added tokens in the game no special tokens for example 
uh, we played a game with Iceman, who had his freeze tokens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can put a freeze token and freeze the villain so he doesn't run away, or put a freeze token on the board, and now it's a it's an ice slide, so people can slide across that well, until his turn comes back up and it melts away. Like Multiple Man, he has his own um, civilian tokens, basically, he can put down the board, and he can act as though he's on those locations if he has a token in that space, mm -hmm. which is really cool. So they've added these additional tokens and abilities that really push the design space of the game, and it's gotten very interesting and very engaging. Yeah, it's also, uh, they've they've done uh, other effects that are you must do, which is particularly interesting with some of the characters like Apocalypse. Apocalypse can play as a hero, which is weird because Apocalypse isn't normally a hero. No, I wouldn't call him a hero at all. Well, in the <laughs> comics, he, he, he does help out later. What? Yeah. Well, Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> so, but like his cards are interesting because he has force effects that say you have to flip the card face down. So he has very powerful effects, but then his cards flip, flip face down, which means... He does not help anyone else out on the team, hmm. which seems fitting for a villain that, you know, he's helping, but not really. He's not really a team player. Exactly. Okay. Not a team player, which okay. works so well with the game, for sure. Yeah. So I do think, like you're saying, as they've progressed in the development of this game, they've just kept, you know, they, they've added more content and it's good content and mm -hmm. it's increased the complexity, but it, I think it's also increased the... Like I said, the collaboration and teamwork and the ability that you can make the game feel more thematic in itself. Because I know like in super base vanilla game, it's very vanilla. Now when you look back and compare to it. Kind of. Like the, I agree a little bit. So let me just jump to my number one because you're already getting to that a little bit. You're just. Sorry. Too, you can't tame me. Cannot tame you. So number one by far, this I, this, I think this was my number one last time too, was the cooperation. It is a super cooperative game. You almost can't do anything without affecting others in this game. Mm -hmm. You have to try to not have to affect others, which is crazy. But yeah, that's what you're getting at for the collaboration is extreme. And talk about the vanilla aspect of it. I think the course of the, of the game was very vanilla. Because they're like, okay, here's some basic concepts. Here's how it works. And yes, you can share, uh, share the action icons and maybe even some tokens, which can persist. But that's all the course set originally did. It wasn't mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And now, like you're saying, with the Fantastic Four teamwork cards, a completely different mechanic where we are collectively adding tokens to this card, and then we all get to partake in those that action pool that's there. Or, for example, Cloak and Dagger. We did that on a first playthrough, and like they specifically reference, hey, if Dagger's in the spot, they can also come with Cloak and do this other fun thing. Or they can heal each other, which is really cool. Yeah. And Alpha Flight, for example. Alpha Flight is another card that says, hey, by the way, you will get a token for every Alpha Flight card on the storyline, which every Alpha Flight character in the game has their own Alpha Flight card. So they will add, compound these tokens they get that if they play the right team, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and I'm not like saying the base core set by itself is bad at all. Right. It's right. a very good introduction. I'm just saying now that we've seen what they've branched into and developed, it's really expanded, which is what you're talking about in terms of the game depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like it's it's pushed the boundaries a lot with that, and the cooperation is even more, which I wasn't really expecting. There are, of course, like I mentioned, Apocalypse earlier, he doesn't really help as much because he's kind of the bad guy one. So there's some exceptions that they they don't do that for for example, but with all the special abilities, and there's a lot of them in this one, which I think a lot of people liked from the first season, but generally there was three in a lot of cases. There was exceptions, of course, like Groot has specials on all his cards and. There's a number of them that had more than three for sure. 
but having a minimum of four now and a lot of them having the, the bigger effect is the passive abilities which help a lot for, for example it was a uh, spiral playing spiral hero who has a ability it's it's a starting hand if it's in the in the storyline face up uh, when a, a master plan card is revealed that's the villain's card once revealed you get to discard an action token to have her and all heroes on her spot move to adjacent spot called teleport away and so it's very cooperative in that sense. Like, oh yes, end your turn at my spot. We'll see what the villain card is. If the villain's going to come at effect us or attack us negatively, I can I can have a, a panic button to get us out of there. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. And then there's other things like that that play out of turn as well, which really added to the cooperative element of it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Anything else on the cooperation? I know you, had, you were talking a lot about that earlier. I was. Yes. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, no, I really, I'm surprised by how, where this game has gotten to, because I wouldn't have guessed you could get so much out of, I guess this, it's relatively basic gameplay concept. Yeah. But I'm just, again, pleasantly surprised and very happy and I just love playing this game. Yeah. So again, to final thoughts. So you your final am, I, am I ahead of you again? Yeah, no, that's no, it's fine. Right. Right. Final thought. Um, yeah, so Pumpkinhead, I'd, I'd say for sure it is. It has gotten a lot better over time. Again, not it wasn't bad, but I do think that if you were to just say, oh, I played the very beginning core box and it was just not my cup of tea, it's probably worth revisiting if you can mm. with all this expansion stuff on it just to get the full experience of it yeah so you think it's worth revisiting so you think you think the new content would potentially change change the people's opinions that they didn't like it originally if they didn't like it because they felt it was too basic i think it could help in those situations but Mm -hmm. if you didn't like it because i don't like marvel and superhero themes well that's not gonna help you so yeah 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 i i agree with you i think this has Improve the game a lot from the season one. Um, I am very impressed with what they're doing. Uh, I enjoyed season one a lot. It was my game of the year when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I loved it. And this is even better than that. I will, I will argue the point at this point. We'll see if I can, if I still think that's true in a month. But I'm, I'm thinking it will. I think it'll stay the same. I'm, I'll be surprised if that changes. But yeah, even uh, Howard's on here saying that it hasn't changed much. But this set has amped it up from a six to at least an eight for Howard. So yeah, it's I'm hearing a lot of people very positive on the reception of this game, and it's it's a lot better from from before. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with the complexity level is how I describe it. That's the big change in that the powers are more interesting and and unique. I think because you get more choices, you have yeah. your different abilities that are. It's not just oh, I get a bonus heroic action because I'm Captain America or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be like that. Mm-hmm. It's more thematic and it's. It's, I think, got a better cool factor yeah. for your particular characters. Um, yeah, the yeah. passive abilities or the ongoing abilities when their cards are face up on the storyline add so much to the game. I would love it if Simon and Spin Masters produce an expansion pack for the Season 1 characters to be like, here's a bunch of passive abilities for everyone, and we can substitute out one of the cards in that for, that, for the original decks, because that would add a ton for me. Just that by itself was the biggest impact to my experience in this game, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will say it's not all. So I, as you know, like a recap, this top five has been all pros. Yes. But 
it's not all roses. <laughs> it's not all roses. There are definitely cons in this planet for sure. I want to talk talk those briefly because they weren't big enough to make the top five as a con, but the cons are one of them is uh, random car plays. This occurred in season one with Thanos with the Mind Stone, meaning he can mind control people, which it makes sense that you would be, wouldn't be able to choose your card because he's messing with you. I get that. And it's not as bad because you still choose the order of actions you do. So it's not like your decisions are taken away from you completely, but I still don't like it as much. But there's a lot of characters, maybe not a lot of characters, but there's definitely more characters in season two that do that same effect. However, there is also a character that is immune to that as well. <laughs> so there's, there's ways around it. to balance. I think for me, like the randomness of this game, again, is just the type of player that you are. If you hate randomization, yeah. you're probably not going to like this game no matter what season or whatever you're playing. Maybe, but that's like the only random element in the game. Unless you're talking about Deadpool, which has... Well, Deadpool, he's, a, he's another story. Yeah. There's not a whole lot more random. It's all pretty... You know what's going to happen when, you, when your card draws. I mean, the random element is the order of cards that come out. But that's not a significant impact when you're looking at a 12-card deck. Because you see a third-year deck right out of the gate. I guess that's fine. So, yeah. Speaking of random stuff, another cons of this game that didn't make the list, uh, Dead, Deadpool expansion. We did touch on this, where, again, it's... I haven't played it, so I can't really speak to it, but as I read it and as we were looking at it, it's it doesn't sound interesting to me. But, um... The yeah, the challenge deck and some of the card the randoms they have comes out of it. I think the the Bob villain is really fun, honestly. Um, I was really surprised how much I liked him. He was silly, but he he worked well. It was a good challenge. Yeah, you were telling me about Bob. He just wants to retire. That's He's right. A villain. Just let him <laughs> retire, and you're trying to kill him. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, all right, I do have to play that one. So I mean, it sounds it sounds like some you know haha fun aspects of it, but I think like you're saying the the cards where it's like if you own a dog you get to do this i'm like i that's just not up my yeah, alley but not either anyway. so that was the another con to it but honestly overall this has been a fantastic game i highly recommend people take a look at i i think i agree with you i think if you played just the core of the first season if that was your only experience um i think it's worth visiting mm-hmm. i don't know if i would necessarily go to the core of the second season even though it is better um I'm not sure what I'd recommend to go to, but that's a that's at least a better choice than the first season. Yeah, because you see more of the stuff happening. But I'm also not saying, hey, if you didn't like the core, you should just go out and try to find every single set that's been released Agreed. and buy everything right now. No, Agreed. that's not what I'm saying because that is too much content. <laughs> it's just not feasible. But yeah, I I really enjoy this game, and I think you and I are just going to keep on keep on playing it. I love it. I am not this doesn't. I can play. Four times in a row and not be bored of it. And I also really like the fact that our son can play with us. Yes. Um, he's seven, and he's totally fine playing this game. Um, so it's a good time. Family family fun night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's excellent. Big big fan of it. Like I said, yes, kids can play it. There's only a little bit of reading. You can help them out with that. And like our fun, our son is strategizing along with us and making optimal plays as well. It's it's nice to be able to play with that. I know it's such like a fun, proud moment when I was like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And then he says whatever it is, and it's like I didn't even see that. And I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, he corrected us. Like this is a good strategy. Wow. Yeah. So, um, though the difficulty is higher, so if you have kids who don't like losing as much, it is well. But then you, there are ways to make the game easier. Not a lot, honestly. It's really just danger room. And playing with all the cards, that's basically it. Yeah, well, you can give yourself the superhero cards, right? We've been house ruling that. That's a house rule. Yeah. yeah. 
So there's okay. So another caveat is playing this game. We've been focused on cooperative play because this is one-stop co-op shop. But there are other modes of play. There is a team versus team. So you can play uh, two people playing or two teams with I think it's three heroes each. Yeah, they're three v three going against each other against the boss. You can also play the someone controlling the boss against the heroes, and you can also do someone controlling the boss against two teams. So you can get up to, I believe, seven players in this game now. That's a max player count. But we haven't played any of the competitive stuff, so take it as what it is. We're focusing on the co-op. Now, one thing that did get added is the superhero cards and supervillain cards. And these are additional cards when you're playing against someone playing as the boss and the heroes, where you have uh, triggers on the cards that say, hey, if you stop and you turn in a villain square, do this, play this card and do the effect. And every player gets one of those cards, and then the villain gets a uh, number of cards equal number of players. And then they can have additional card play to mess with the game. So what Kim's mentioning is the superhero cards. We've been playing with the superhero cards as a variant. We just throw in the co-op mode, which is awesome because it's honestly just one additional card with the fact that it does, it matters sometimes, but sometimes we don't even play it. So it it is it does make it easier, but it's only a momentary boost in, in, in easy. Yeah, it's like so. one of them that I had was... Um, I don't know, deal the villain an extra damage one time when you hit him or something mm -hmm. like that. And then the card goes away. So it is like a, a one-time thing that if it, if you can trigger it, great. And I think that's, that's helpful and it's fun. It is. Cool. So yeah, we've been playing through it. I, I think what we'll wind up doing is we'll probably do a, a, another buyer's guide, break down each of the expansions in more detail for you guys, but we want to get this review out there for everyone. So you had something about top five. Uh, we both actually love the game. Do recommend it. Um, all pros for me on the side. Big, big, big fans. And then uh, we'll probably do, like I said, the No Buyer's Guide. And we'll probably also do a comparison between Season 1 and more de details. So you can see kind of the more uh, uh, pairing up between the two of them. And like I said, we'll be coming back to this as a look back review with more detailed. So we'll get into more of the nuances in that format. So lots more Marvel United content to come. Excellent. Right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching. See you at the next stop. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.